Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with mother, actor, model, and writer, Harjeet Dilan. Not having seen her kids since May of 2016 due to manipulation tactics used by their father and his family, she not only grew from this experience, but managed a space to allow others to share their stories. Her mental health has suffered, but she found a way that allows her to move forward. These days, she is an advocate, survivor, creative, and an inspiration. Enjoy this story. Well, thank you for taking a minute out today. It's great to meet you, and I'm looking forward to getting into your life, so thank you. Okay, well, thank you for having me, Joe. Sure. So before we get into your life and and kind of peeling back the the layers of that, I want to know, you know, we've gone through quite a thing with COVID for the last three years. It's affected us all in different ways, and I'm wondering how you survived that time period and how it's changed the way that not only you live your life, but the way that you conduct business now. With COVID, it was really hard, like on a personal and professional level. Um, on a on a personal level, I had a daughter and uh, I, I couldn't take her out anywhere. So I think it kind of stunted her growth on that level. And then on a professional level, it was more that I couldn't network and uh, I was very focused on my acting at that time. And there was no way to get any auditions um, because they they were very limited on the set, who was on set. So I couldn't always go if I couldn't take my daughter with me at the time because she was very little. And so it was just that limited number of people on the set was very difficult. And the, the few times that I did secure um, some acting work I had to wear a mask and it was just very awkward because you wear a mask um, when you're on set you have to wear two masks and then they take them off you've got to hang them up and then you've got to put it right back on and it's just uh, it was just very difficult very awkward I I wasn't very comfortable wearing a mask so honestly I tried to uh, avoid applying for any acting acting casting calls um, because I just wanted to stay inside. I didn't want to wear the mask. It was just very uncomfortable when I had to wear it. So um, it did affect me in the sense that I couldn't go to auditions or casting calls. And uh, when I did secure jobs, it was just ha- it was a very hard time to have to go through all of that. So you're very busy, you know, along with just you know being a survivor and all of the other creative avenues of being an an actress and a model and a writer. I'm curious. To simplify this just a little bit, I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day, and one of the kids is going to look up at you and say, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? I'm an actress, and I also take passion in writing and pride in my writing. And while I did publish a book, um, I would actually tell them all of this too. I did publish a book, but I learned that I didn't go about it the best way because at the time I published it, I was going through a lot in my personal life and um, I was very impatient and I just wanted to get it published. So I got it published, um, so I am an author, but years later I realized that I want to rewrite it and I've got other passions that I want to write about and I'm focused on that. So I am an actor and a writer and definitely a creative individual. So let's go back the beginnings of your life you know you obviously have a lot of creativity and a lot of drive in you let's go back to where you were born and raised and how some of these seeds were planted in you to become who you are today 
Um, yeah, so I was born in England. Um, my parents are both Indian. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the culture. Uh, being an Indian, um, generally they want you to be lawyers, doctors, accountants. <laughs> and yeah. it turns out my, my dad was a chartered accountant at the time and he had his own business. So um, there was that always at the back of my head to be an accountant, even though my brother was the one who was supposedly going to carry on the business. Um, so that was always at the back of my head. So I I did very well in math. Um, but then once I had finished high school, or as I was at high school, I was about 13 years old, I realized that, you know, I really want to get into entertainment media. I want to be a TV host. I want to be an actress. I want to be an author. I wanted to be something that was along those lines. So at the age of 13, and this was before social media existed, it was in the 90s, um, and before smartphones and internet and everything, I learned of a radio station that was very local. So I reached out to them and asked them if they were looking for any volunteers. And thankfully, they they may, they weren't, but they had said that they would take me on board. So then I committed my weekends while I was at school. Um, my weekends, I would take the bus into town to go volunteer at this station, which was my first my first experience in the working world, even though I wasn't getting paid. I got to network with a lot of um, celebrities in the Indian world, and I got to meet a lot of people. I got to learn about being a radio host and being behind the scenes, scenes how to do the weather, and, and it was just really so much fun. You know, they say once you dip your feet into something you want to do, something you're passionate about, you may not actually like it when you start to do it. So uh, for me to have the opportunity to do it at such a young age I learned that I enjoy this this is what I like uh, I felt like it was impactful even though I wasn't the one um, doing the hosting I just felt like I was making a difference I was a part of that and meeting all these recognized individuals it was very fun for me at that young age um, so then I just started having more friends outside of school I had my group of friends at school but then I had my friends outside of school and. Um, I would do interviews on the radio, even though I was so young, and I was uh, helping, I was getting more work with the radio stations, and it just grew and grew from there. Then I got into um, behind the scenes of TV shows, and then when I graduated high school, I did really well in drama class, which is acting, and um, I tried to get into acting at 16, um, but we had moved to Canada uh, three years later. So in 2001, we moved to Canada. So anything that I was doing in England, all the networking, everything had just gone down the drain because I had nothing to go on in Canada. I was living in um, the suburbs, not even the suburbs. It was more rural. It's the combination between the rural and the suburbs. It's very far from the city. And um, the internet was very new, so I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the internet at that time. And uh, just trying to get back into the world of acting, it, it was very difficult. And I didn't actually get back into acting until about 2016. So, yeah, I know that you had, you had gone through some issues for a little while there. And, and, and on your timeline, um, you know, you, you're, you're obviously a survivor. You've obviously gone through quite a bit and come out the other side. Talk, just brush a little bit on the difficulties that you've gone through and how it's made you stronger. And as you've mentioned, you got back into acting and all of that. 
how did that help you as you kind of reemerged back into what you love? Okay, so a little bit about me, um, <laughs> um, more like the obstacles that I faced, and um, I um, got married and had two kids, and I the marriage only lasted for about six and a half years, and um, it took a turn for the worse. My mental health. And, uh, it went under. I was working at the government at the time, and um, I was really struggling with this um, need for control with my ex-spouse. Uh, I love my children so much that I'm very familiar with the term, if you love something, let it go, and let them be who they want to be. And I was so passionate about letting them be who they want to be. I didn't want to force them in any direction. And um, I was trying to I was trying to cope with all of this. and. Uh, also with my ex-spouse, keeping my children away from me and letting me see them on the condition on his conditions and and waiting so long before I went to court because I didn't want to give money to lawyers and having to go through all of that it really did affect my my career at the government and I um I struggled a lot and I, I ended up in a mental facility actually and then um, my government job got affected and um, I was. After that, my attendance went from 100% to wavy, and my punctuality was not the greatest, and I, I just couldn't concentrate. So now I'm no longer there anymore, and um, I was I was a mess when I wasn't working. I, I just didn't know what to do with myself because, first of all, I had my kids. They were a big part of my life. I was so new to the country. I didn't have any friends. I didn't. I wasn't even driving when I got married. So I was. Um, I was so attached to my kids. They were the only thing I had and they were taken away from me. So having to deal with that was very difficult. And then to to lose my job after that, it was horrible. I just, I didn't know what, what was I here for? What's my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I've been conditioned to get married and have children. I've been conditioned to have a career and these things aren't existing to me right now. Um, but then I, I you know, I, I, I had to heal, and uh, I did lean on alcohol for a little while. Um, but I was lucky that I had my family support. And um, there was a turning point that when I did lose my job, I just, you know, I first of all was leaning on alcohol a lot, and then I just thought to myself, what am I doing with myself? And then that's when I was thinking back to my childhood, and what did I actually want to do? What did I actually want to do before I, before I had my kids, before I got married, before I moved to Canada? What did I actually want to do? And that's when I started looking into modeling, and that's when I went that route. And then I met people that were casting for projects, and they took me on to help them with casting, and then I got into acting. And um, I had started my writing when I was going through my divorce, um, but I didn't I didn't get to actually finish it because I didn't have the support that I wanted, which is why... Uh, I rushed my writing because I was so passionate about it and I'd finally done it. It had taken longer than it, it was supposed to. Um, then now I'm focused on rewriting that. And the obstacles that I did face, I see them now as a positive. When I'm going through them, I'm thinking, this is the worst time of my life. What is going on? And, and why is this happening to me? It's a question that probably crosses a lot of people's minds when they're faced with these kind of obstacles. Um, but I can, I 
can look back and I can say that I'm I'm thankful for what's happened. And while I don't have any contact with my children right now, still it's very limited if it even exists. But uh, I do see that it was supposed to happen the way it happened. Now I have two two children again, younger children. Um, but if I had never lost my children, I would never have found myself and my passions. So I needed to lose my children to find myself. And I do believe that finding myself is one step for my children returning to me. Because why do they want somebody who doesn't... If I'm if I'm nobody for myself, how can I be a mother to them? Even if I thought I was the best mom in the world to them, I really wasn't. And I understand that now. So who's been a hero for you in your life? My dad. <laughs> Without a doubt, it's been my dad. Uh, he's he's always been there to listen to me, and he, he. I felt like he was the one who allowed me to be me. I could talk to him about things that I would usually get judged about, and um, I just felt very connected to my dad growing up. So, if you could meet one person alive on the planet and spend a little time with them, who would it be? It has to be somebody that's alive. Oh, it could be either. <laughs> well, because I, I really admire Lady Di, um, the fact that she was always giving back. And that's something that's always been a part of me, is giving back to people. And so um, she's the only person that I can think of that even even gets to that point on a humanitarian level. And... Yeah, so based on people that are alive right now, there, there are a lot of people that are doing good in the world. And anybody that's giving back in kind, using their time and their money and their resources to give back, those are the people that I want to meet. Every day you wake up, you have things that motivate you, that you look forward to. What is it that's a driving force to you in your life that gets you through the day and makes you achieve the things that you do? Well, now having my kids, um, they're the reason I get out of bed. Uh, I, they're the reason that I get out of bed, but they're also the reason that I, I can barely find the time in the day to pursue the things. But I look at them as a blessing that I get out of bed. So that when I'm out of bed, then I'm like so motivated, I want to get back to my writing. So the first thing I do, once I've gotten my kids napped and at school, I sit on the computer and I start doing my writing, I start doing my research, and I I just love that feeling of being able to, there, there's, it, it, there's like moments in my life where uh, creative cre- creativity just flows right through me, and the ideas just won't stop, but then I get overwhelmed with all these ideas. So when I get up in the morning and I'm on the computer, I'm motivated and I start my writing, but then I always take a moment I'm now more mindful. I always take a moment to collect myself and to connect with my thoughts and recognize that there's so much going on with my my ideas that I'm not going to be able to do them all and I have to focus on one at a time. So um, the patience is something that I have worked on and I am focusing on my writing and being very patient with each idea one at a time. And then because the writing takes so long and it's such a process, the acting is what is is more of a quick thing. I can find casting calls and I can apply to them really fast and I hear back really fast too. So 
I can go out once, at least once a month or twice a month to do a commercial or a short film. And that's what keeps me motivated. I always have something to look forward to. And even this podcast, it was something that was exciting. I was like, Joe Domino, and I, I listened to your podcast. I was like, this is exciting for me. I'm looking forward to this. And it's always good to look forward to something, whether it's that same day or whether it's a week away. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So let's, let's kind of put into a measuring cup here, like the wisdom and the things that you've overcome and that you've done in your life. And I'm going to pose this to you. If you have a dream tonight, you run into the 20-year-old version of yourself and you could give that younger version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've lived, the wisdom you've gained, the things you've overcome. What advice would you give your younger self? To not let anybody influence who you are and to know your to know yourself and to know who you are. And before you can give back to others, you have to give to yourself. So to spend some time alone with yourself, connect with yourself before you can connect with anybody else. Because the second you start making your life about other people is the second that you'll be lost in this world. And when you have to be alone, you, you will struggle to survive. So make sure you take that time now while you're young to be on your own and appreciate who you are and enjoy your own company. Read a book, watch a movie, go for a swim if you want to. Just do things and enjoy them on your own. So in your life, of all of these things that you've done and the roads you've been down, what are you the proudest of? What what brings a smile to your face at the end of the proverbial day when you think about your life? You know, it kind of sounds like a cheesy answer, but it's it's being a mom, being being able to be a mom again. Um, it's something that I'm proud of because I feel like um, everything that I failed at the first time, I get a chance to redo it again, and I'm better. I'm better because of it, and I I'm just I'm proud of myself that I could do it again. And um, leaning on the alcohol was a it was a massive crutch for me because I couldn't deal with my emotions but I have stopped drinking especially by myself um and I, I'm so proud of myself that I, I did that all on my own nobody told me to do it nobody supported me through it it was just something that I decided I had to do it for myself there was a lot of pressure on me people were telling me to stop it but they weren't supporting me the way I needed so I'm just I'm proud of myself that I could do it and stick to it absolutely so everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, you know, colleagues, but you're the one that's living your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? That's a very profound question. Um, I think that uh, at my core, I'm a good person, um, and I, I strongly believe that um, everything I do um, – I can't be selfless because there's always something that I will gain from everything that I do or everything that I wish for. I'm always going to gain something from it, even if it's the satisfaction of putting a smile on someone else's face. I'm always gaining from what I'm doing. Um, so I, I do believe that I enjoy giving back just for the sake of giving back. It just makes me feel good. Um, I've gotten past the point of being naive to be taken advantage of. And I know that I will do good for other people, but I will never feel obliged. If the second I feel obliged to do something, I'm happy with saying no. 
So um, even though I, I would probably be perceived as like, oh, she says no, she doesn't do that. I think that that's part of my strength is that I can do good, but I also know that I have to give back to myself. And if it's causing me stress and I feel obliged, I'm not doing it from my heart. And I'm always about doing things from my heart. That's a great answer. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about you and what you do, anything revolving around your world, where's the best place on the web for them to go? I would say um, probably my my Instagram is where I post, like, the most stories, and that's where I'm the most active, or my Twitter, um, because I'm working on my website right now. So uh, my Twitter and my Instagram both have the same uh, ID. It's my first name, Haji, D111. And that's where I post about my parental alien, my experience with parental alienation, my acting, my writing, and quotes that are close to me and things that project what I believe in and who I am. RG, thank you for opening up. This has been a wonderful story of, of you know, survival and redemption and, and living your life the way that you want to. I, I appreciate you opening up and giving me some time today. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.